It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. I've heard a lot of funny pronunciations this week. and I never knew there were that many. Consequence Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here and checking out the series. Uh, You know what to do. Like what you see, what you hear, hit that uh, subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. And that's me, Kyle Meredith, today talking with Scott Neustadter about Daisy Jones and the Six. Scott is, uh, is the screenwriter showrunner, producer. Uh, You will know him from things like uh, 500 Days of Summer. He did Paper Towns, The Fault in Our Stars. So let me me now stop there for a second. This is one of my favorite shows that I've seen uh, this year, last year, maybe even the year before it. It's very hard to make a rock and roll movie, and I think they've done a a fantastic job, Uh, although not a movie, it's actually a series, so, you know, 10-episode movie, (laughs) however you want to look at that. Uh, I'm so excited to finally talk about this, and in fact, the only talking I've been able to do so far is with uh, Suki Waterhouse, who was on the series last year. And it was before I had seen it. So now that I've seen it, getting to dig into this, to talk to Scott about uh, taking uh, what started as a Taylor Jenkins Reads book and and making it into a movie that uh, is uh, ended up being produced by Reese Witherspoon's Sunshine Productions. You got an excellent cast that includes Riley Keough, Sam Claflin, Suki Waterhouse, Camila Marone. So we're going to get into all that, uh, the difficulty and care of making a, a true representation, uh, representation of being in a band, uh, finding that cast, uh, having Sonic Youth's Kim Gordon as a consultant on the whole thing. Scott's also going to discuss what it's uh, like bringing the songs to life uh, with folks like Blake Mills, who is behind a lot of the songs, uh, Phoebe Bridgers, Marcus Mumford, Jackson Brown, Taylor Goldsmith from Dawes, uh, among many other uh, songwriters. Uh, the uh, the chances of uh, what it'll take, at least, to get this cast to actually tour the album and the possibility of a second season. All that and more. Let's get into this. We're talking Daisy Jones and the Six. It's Kyle Meredith with Scott Neustadter. What's happening, Kyle? Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. Um, I fell in love with this story so hard. Uh, I hadn't read the book, actually. My wife had read the book, and uh, and she was telling me the whole time that she was uh, reading it and listening to the audio. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. And then I had uh, Suki Waterhouse on the series last year, and we were talking about it, and she said, you're going to love this. And so finally, I see the show, and it's my favorite thing that I've seen maybe in years. Seriously, what you all have done is amazing. 
Thank you so much. That's great to hear. I, I uh, We put the first three up last week. We've got three more coming this week, and uh, we're very excited for people to check it out. So let's get back to the start here. This starts as a book, uh, Taylor Jenkins Reid, who puts it out. Uh, how does it make its way into your lab? So back in 2017, actually, um, Taylor finished writing uh, the book uh, and sent it to her manager, uh, like as a galley in an email. Um, he read it. Uh, it was totally, you know, unpublished, unfinished, uncorrected. Um, and for whatever reason, um, Brad thought of me uh, because I guess we we had talked about music in the past. He knew I was kind of a music junkie um, and he thought I'd get a kick out of it. So he, he sent it my way. Um, uh, you know, rumors, Fleetwood Mac, obviously something that I care about passionately and really love. And uh, I started reading this book uh, pretty convinced I was not going to love it because how could you outdo the drama and the greatness of, of that true story. Um, but I got about a hundred pages in and I was like, this is fantastic. Uh, and I did something I wasn't supposed to do. My, my wife had just started um, running film and television for Reese Witherspoon's new company, Hello Sunshine. And uh, I knew they were looking for projects. And I said to her, have you heard about this Daisy book? Cause I know you're going to love it. And I know Reese is going to love it. Cause Reese and I had once talked about Stevie Nicks and our mutual love of, of that story. So I said, uh, you got to get your hands on this book. And um well, she did. And then together we kind of did the full court press on Taylor and convinced her to, to go with us to make the TV show. It's not easy to make a rock and roll movie show anything. I mean, I think we can count on just a few fingers, the great ones that have been made over the years that show what it's actually like to be in a band. I, I think almost famous for me is like the, the crowning achievement up there. And and you've had some good shows in the past you know, decade or so, but but none of them really hit the mark. This one, this one does it. This one is exactly like that had to be part of the conversation because again, there's not like you got a ton that goes, oh yeah, we can do this. We can make a rock and roll movie. No, it's true. We we always said that the bar was very high, the bullseye very small. Um, but if somehow we could we could do it, uh, people would really pay attention. Um, and obviously, Almost Famous is an amazing example of of how to do it right. Um, what's interesting about Almost Famous is that it's about outsiders you know it's the it's William's perspective and um, he's not really a part of the band and he's he's along for the ride and it's about that sort of disconnect this one was going to very much be about the artists themselves and, and the turmoil they're going through and um, how they process their feelings and they put it into their work uh, which is not something that we'd really seen a lot uh, before and we knew that um, to do that right was going to require um, you know a, a big group of, of like-minded individuals um, to kind of drill down on the authenticity um, and do something that um, most people would probably think, you know, the minutiae wouldn't be as interesting, um, but we wanted to kind of make it as as dramatic and as um, as fun as we could. I mean, I've been in bands when I was younger, you know, high school, a little bit out of high school. And there's a little bit of PTSD watching this because <laughs> you go back because it is dramatic if you let it be, you know, it is there. But I can also say that uh, I've never seen the songwriting process authentically put into fiction in such a way. And I don't know what the trick is, and I don't know if you can answer, but how'd you do that when no one else could? <laughs> well, that's, that's very nice of you to say. Um, I think we just were really interested in that part of it and and wanted to zero in on how does this happen? Um, you know, uh, especially when it comes to songs that are inspired by heartbreak or frustration or, you know, whatever they're going through. Um, you know, really started with what if your favorite band in the world only got together because they were trying to impress a girl 
And, you know, when you think about sort of um, the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and, and just, you know, the biggest bands in the world, there was an impetus for why they got together. What was the, you know, they, they had to express themselves somehow. And um, all of that was just such fertile ground for, for drama for us that, uh, and just in reading this book, um, you know, it's, there's so many love stories involved and, but it's all filtered through the songwriting and um, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're coded messages to each other. Uh, and that will take the, the music and just give it another level that, um, you know, you might not hear if you're just listening on the radio. And we'll be right back right after this. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E. P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Scott Neustadter. And I want to get to the songs here in a minute, but but you, of course, had to find the people to to play those songs, to to embody those songs. And uh, there's not one person that I'm watching this. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel like they're like everybody was right on the mark. Uh, I would love to hear about that part, too. Who are you looking for? What type of people were you looking for? How many people did you see? Yeah, there was a, a very long list of, of, uh, of people who read for the show. Um, and there was a, you know, a conversation that we had about whether or not we should hire musicians who could also act uh, or actors who could sort of play music. Um, we decided to go with the actors because I feel like 85% of this is 
you know, TV drama. Um, but uh, that said, they had to convince you that they were a real band or the whole thing falls apart. Um, we were supposed to shoot in April of 2020. And had we done that, I feel like we would have probably needed um, to a little magic to convince you. Um, but because of the pandemic, everything shut down for about 18 months. And these actors who had gotten the parts um, and some of them were in England and some of them were in LA and some of them were in New York. They were sort of spread out all over the place. They didn't take time off. They, they actually used this um, as an opportunity to get better at their instruments, to, to kind of zoom together and, and just talk and, uh, and shoot the you know what to become kind of like a band. So by the time that they, we, we were rolling cameras, they really felt like a unit the, the way a real band does. And, and there wasn't that much fakery involved, which was unexpected for, for us, I have to say. Yeah, when it finally got around to it, what, what were the, I mean, jam sessions? I'm guessing that was a part of uh, being on the set. They were doing Zoom jam sessions for a while, yeah, uh, which we have some video of, which was amazing. Um, and uh, and then when we finally were able to all be in the same room, they had like a, a very intensive band camp um, where we had um, our music supervisors and our music producers kind of teach them uh, how to move and uh, how to kind of, you know, position their bodies on stage, all the things that these guys had never really done before. Um, and then, you know, in this particular program, unlike most others, when you when you see Will Harrison's fingers playing a G chord on the guitar, um, that's where they're supposed to be. I mean, everything, we couldn't use takes where the fingers were not in the right places. Um, so we, we really strove for that kind of authenticity and, and I hope it comes through. And you mentioned consultants. I kept seeing Kim Gordon's name up there. Are we talking Kim Gordon, Kim Gordon, Sonic Youth, Kim the, Gordon? The, the Kim Gordon, yes. Kim Gordon is a friend of um, of my co-showrunner, Will Grams. And, and obviously Kim Gordon was in a band with her husband. So there's a uh, fraught, you know, drama and hurt in that that we were interested in. And, and she sat in the writer's room with us uh, multiple times and uh, told stories. And, you know, anytime we would pitch an idea that she would uh, call BS on, we would have to throw it out. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was the kind of, we, we really had a lot of experts around who could talk to us about this, their experiences and, and what was true. And, and, you know, um, that was always the, that was always the North star for us. Yeah. It's, it, you made me, my brain have to twist inside out because I, as I'm watching it, I think the last, cause I've had Kim on here quite a few times. And I thought the last time I had Kim on here, we were talking about what she listened to at home and she kept saying rumors and Fleetwood Mac <laughs> and Tusk. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, wait a second, what was going on here? Yeah, it uh, incredible. All makes sense. Yeah, but you go with Patty Smith for the theme song. How did that uh, land? Yeah, I I wanted a theme song that had a lot of drama to it. That sort of was telling this story without really telling the story, um, and came up with that idea pretty early on, and then just spent months and months trying to beat it. And no song beat it. No song kind of captured the the magic and the drama and the energy. Um, it's just a great TV theme song, actually. Don't get tired of it. I mean, and I guess it's really obvious why you wouldn't say go for a Fleetwood Mac song. Uh, on the, I mean, was that ever thought of? Well, there's a there's a secret Fleetwood Mac song somewhere in the series that that will surprise you. Um, uh, because for a really long time, we were pretending that um, Fleetwood Mac is not a band that exists in this world. Uh, let's not let's not go there. And then uh, our editor drops dropped a song in there in a certain spot, and we were like, whoa, the 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 power was so intense that uh, that we ran with it. So I, I hope it's a cool surprise that people will, will enjoy when they get to episode nine. Well, into the music as we're talking about. So Aurora, the album exists. The songs exist. You've all brought them to life, uh, Blake Mills and, and all the co-writers. 
what let's let's uh, i'll start once again a bit broad let's how did that whole process happen because again you've got to make something out of nothing but also something that sort of almost kind of exists yeah it's interesting when you read a novel about music um and they're describing songs and they're describing you know the power of a, of a record it's uh your brain can make it up in your head and it'll you know you just go with it um, but that was not going to work in the TV version. We actually had to make the music and we had to make the music good enough that all of the all of the adjectives that are used to describe it, classic, unforgettable, timeless, all those really intense uh, and very intimidating adjectives, we had to make them apply somehow. Um, so we we were never going to do that. None of us are songwriters, um, Taylor included. And so we want to we went and uh, sought out kind of um, music producers and, and songwriters who were who were down for this experiment. Um, and we ended up with with Blake Mills and, and Tony Berg, who operate out of Sound City. Um, and we sat down with them, you know, in the room where Mick Fleetwood first heard Lindsey Buckingham play the guitar. And we said, here's what we're going to need. Um, and they said, that sounds like a fun, a fun thing. We, we you know, uh, they've never tried this before, but to write in character, uh, seemed like a an entertaining thing, and, and Blake was going to ask a lot of his friends to co-write with him, and you know he's got a lot of great, amazing friends, uh, Marcus Mumford and Phoebe Bridgers and Jackson Brown, uh, and we were like, we were knew we were in really good hands. I'm not sure they knew just how hard work this was going to be and how many songs we were going to need, but um, we worked together for you know two years and change, uh, and it was really a, a wonderful process. And we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with Scott Neustadter. Because because even beyond Aurora, there are songs even beyond the album. I mean, how many in total was there? Did I think you it's around 24 uh, that we we used, but they probably wrote closer to 30. Um, and Blake, Blake wanted to write everything. He wanted to write the Simone Jackson disco songs. He wanted to write the sort of psychedelic band that opens up for the Dunn Brothers in Pittsburgh. Uh, he wanted to write every single original song that is mentioned in this. Um, and we kept saying, you know, like we could, we could farm this out. We could get another, it's not that, not that big a song, you know, like it's only going to be heard through the speakers. And he's like, I don't care. Um, and he, he did all of it. And I think the, the Aurora album's amazing. And then eventually we'll have a soundtrack record of all the other ancillary songs. And, and it's a really amazing crop of, of songs that we're, we're so excited about. I'm really excited to hear that because th there were songs in there when you like, like even, you know, like the sixes first hits. And I'm, I'm forgetting the name of it right now, you know, before before Daisy comes along and they've got their first taste of it. Like there are those songs and you're like, oh, yeah, that, that didn't make the album. Where does where does that exist at this point? Yeah. What's what's fun is that and, and we talked about this uh, at length. Um, the Dunn brothers have a certain sound. Even the six has a certain sound before Daisy gets there and she changes the sound. And then Daisy's writing a certain kind of song before she meets Billy and the band and it has more of a singer songwriter sort of uh, quality to it also. And it has to sound different when they come together. And so you've got three very different sounds that are happening um, and you can track it with your ears. And it's really like Blake did such an amazing job to kind of tell the story just through the songs themselves um, that I think, uh, you know, that it'll have repeat listens um, and you'll get even more out of it than, than if you're just watching the show, you know, cold. And not even just the sounds from that, but you have the different versions of the songs themselves. And I think that's what I was like maybe most impressed with the songwriting because because you had to he or whoever had to create a version that was almost there, you know. It's like uh, how do you pull that off? And by the way, to as a viewer, 
to know it's not there. Like, oh my God, it's it, it reminded me of watching the Get Back documentary and there they are starting on the song. And it's so frustrating to know that it's not there yet. Just just get there already. Yeah, that was a huge influence on us too. And and uh, I think showing that is very important. Um, you know, you you have the finished product, but then this series is going to show you what it was like before uh, and kind of undercut this genius myth that everything comes out fully formed. Um, I think it was important to us to show that it is a process and you have to work at it. And these two characters have a very different type of work ethic. Um, and hopefully it's very interesting and entertaining to watch them do it. But um, the... The, the process itself is kind of what the show is about. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think, um, I think Blake did an unbelievable job convincing you uh, that it's, that it's authentic and real. Speaking of convincing, um, you're going to get them all to go out on tour. We're going to see that. I mean, we'd love nothing more than that. It's probably at this point, um, I think all these actors are going to go on to do such incredible stuff and be in high demand. I wonder if the schedule will ever work, but um, it would be a dream to, to get them together and perform. And we know they can do it. We we had them perform a show for us before we started filming to kind of prove to to us and to themselves that they could that they could do it. Uh, and they made the set list and they didn't have any accompaniment. They did it all on their own. Um, we made them kind of get into costume and get up on stage and, and play a show for about 50 to 60 people. Uh, and they nailed it. And it was it was incredible. Well, as much as I am a fan, and I mean this, of when someone says it's a limited series, uh, I'm like, I like a beginning and an ending. This is one of the times where I went, well, does it have to be? Because the second scene, you know, is a reunion. Just it makes the sense. Like, would would you want that to happen? Would you allow that to happen? If, yeah, no, if there is an interest um, and a desire to see more, I feel like that um, I'd love these characters. Uh, I would be interested in, in seeing where it goes as well. And uh, obviously interested in another 12 to 15 songs uh, of original music from Blake and his group. Um, that would be pretty cool. Uh, but there's also the version of this, which is, you know, a different band in a different time in a different um, environment, um, which would also be really cool to watch, uh, you know. Uh, one of the things I love about it is is they're in a very specific kind of pocket in the 70s. They're doing that Southern California, you know, soft rock pop sound. Uh, but all around them is this this other scene that's happening. You know, you've got punk is coming and disco is happening. And, and there's just so many different genres of music that would be fun to to do this kind of story in um in the future if some if such a thing was a desire to anyone <laughs> well I, I completely trust you all at this point so if the, the same team is doing it I, I, i'm in on that uh and, and you know fortunately or unfortunately for all of these actors they're now going to get a taste of what it's like to have ever been in a famous band who did break up because for the next however long it's going to be so like so when's the reunion going to happen because that's what that's what they always get now that's it's true. You had Suki on. Suki's touring and, and has a record out and she's she's a full-blown rock star. I mean, I think when we started this, she was playing the piano with two fingers. Um, it's pretty it's pretty amazing to watch. And what incredible music that she's making. Uh, seriously, yeah. the album, the EP and everything that she's done. Uh, Scott, seriously, you are a part of one of the best things that I've seen in such a long time. Daisy Jones and the Six. This is so good. So good. Thank you so much for uh, the work you've done and taking the time to talk about it. Thank you, Carlos. Great to great start to you. And my thanks to Scott Newstatter, Daisy Jones and the Six, airing now on Prime Video. 
Thanks to you for checking out the series. Uh, if you want more, by the way, just search deeper in on this podcast, uh, Kyle Meredith with Suki Waterhouse. You can uh, find a bit more of uh, that conversation there as well. Uh, but thanks for checking it out. Please do hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. Again, you do that, I'll give you three interviews every week. New and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so you can keep up to date with your favorite artists and discover the new ones at iTunes, Apple Podcast, at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org. YouTube for the video versions or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the old social media spots. Uh, that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three, of the, all three of the addresses at Kyle Meredith. So I do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Consequence Podcast Network. That was so cool. Thanks, Kyle. I'm glad you love it so much. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.